everyone, and welcome to Social with a Side of Justice, a multi-episode series where we talk about various topics centered around the importance of social justice. This episode will be hosted by me, Madison Call, and me, Christian Flores. On today's episode, we'll be sitting down with the actors Bobby Daniel Rodriguez and his wife, Serena Mada. Bobby is an actor, writer, and producer. You might recognize him from the hit Netflix series, When They See Us, CBS's SEAL Team, or the film Bel Canto. And he's also brothers to Long Branch's very own Marcus Rodriguez. Bobby's wife, Zarina, is also an actor and producer. She's also a voiceover artist. You may have seen her on CBS's NCIS Los Angeles, Netflix's Manifest, On Stage and Brothers Keeper, or heard her in the new Macy's commercial. Zarina, along with Bobby, co-founded Voss, a production company with a mission to tell stories of everyday heroes. During our conversations with Bobby and Serena, we'll be discussing their journeys to stardom as well as their experiences as a Latino in a mainly white industry. We are so excited for you to join us today, and we hope you enjoy the show. Social with a Side of Justice is sponsored by Long Branch Public Schools Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. First of all, we just want to start out by saying thank you for taking the time to come to SOSJ and talk with us. Hey. We are very excited for you to be here today. We're very excited. Very, very excited. Why more nervous than you guys? You're more nervous? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think so. No, I feel like, I feel like we're more nervous. <laughs> <I don't really laughs> think so. Yeah. So we're going to start off with a few questions. Where did you both grow up, and how would you describe your family and your upbringing? Want to start, or you want me to start? I mean, go for it. Um, I I grew up here in uh, in Monmouth County in, in, in Madawan. I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, I would describe my upbringing as uh, filled with love. Um, my father has uh, nine brothers and sisters, and we all live close together. So I grew up in a very big family. Um, we we prided ourselves on. Um, on, on being together and having that, uh, that, that kind of cultural upbringing um, the, on my Puerto Rican side because I'm half Puerto Rican and my mother is Ecuadorian. Of and so I had that, uh, yeah. I had a very uh, strong connection to uh, my Boricua roots because, you know, I had a lot of cousins and, and every weekend we were hanging out and doing sleepovers. And growing up, those were my, my best friends. And uh, and then as I got older um, and moved out of Jersey and moved to New York, I, I got in more touch with my, my Ecuadorian roots. Living with my my grandmother, uh, who's uh, on my mo- on my mother's side, and really started connecting w- with that part of uh, myself. But uh, I would say my upbringing was filled with with love, like uh, a lot of Latina uh, communities um, and families are, are are like. Of course, of course. What about you? I uh, I was born in Arizona, and I grew up in Mexico till I was around twelve. Dummy. No. Pause for message. Oh, fine. <laughs> Hold for alarm. Oh. Um, uh, I grew up in Mexico till I was around twelve, and then um, we moved to to Arizona. I grew up in a border town. Uh my mom is one of eight siblings, <laughs> so I also grew up in a in a very big, big family. Tons of cousins, um, just a lot of fun, a lot of love. Um, I grew up with my grandmother and my my mom, um, so we were the dynamic trio, the three girls, mm-hmm. uh, always, and. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I, I grew up with a lot of love as well, a lot of fun, uh, 100% Mexican community. I don't think I knew anyone that wasn't Mexican till I went to college. <laughs> and um, yeah, just a very, a very matriarchal family of course, as well. Of uh, women in my family are definitely the, yeah. the strong point and yeah. the, the center of of what keeps the family together. So I've noticed since you grew up in um, Monmouth County and you grew up closer to the border, how would you describe the high schools that you both attended? Like, was it was was it very diverse in a way? In some ways, uh, my high school was yeah, my high school was actually uh, very diverse. Um, 
I guess, I, in, at the time growing up, I didn't think it was like such a big deal until I met um, Zadi and, and learned about her upbringing and realizing that, you know, just like she um, said earlier, that she didn't grow up around anybody but besides Mexicans. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have, you know, I had grown up around people from, you know, Asian descent, um, uh, African-American, Latinos of all kinds. Um, yeah, so, like, but I never, to me, that was just that was just normal. Um, I never realized that that's actually kind of uh, a very unique and, and awesome, I think, a great way to, to grow up is to be around diversity and around different cultures. Of course. Um how did your experiences during high school like shape you? If you had any, you know, long-standing experiences. Um, oof, so many, so many of 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 that shaped me. Um, mostly uh, me personally because I didn't grow up in a in a very diverse community. Um, it was a very small town, mm-hmm. thirty thousand people at the most. Uh, we had one high school in town. Uh, my high school year, like my graduating class was the largest graduating class in the history of our town. <laughs> and we were 300. Wow. So, wow. Wow. so um, it shaped me in the way that it made me very curious and very hungry to, to, to learn and, and want to be around people that that had a different experience than than me. It was like I was always hungry to to hear about uh, other people's upbringings or other people's like more diverse experience because I was so it was so foreign to me. Yes, yes, of course. Um, how about you? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think high school was like uh, I wasn't a great high school student. <laughs> I was uh, I was a uh, I was I was a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say troublemaker, but I, I didn't take uh, high school as seriously as I as I should have. But I had fun. I, I definitely had fun. I oh, hold for message. Are we good? Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, but I think my my experiences I had I I made lifelong friends that I'm still friends with to this day, and it's interesting to um, see like how we all ended up and where we ended up because we were all very. Um, artistically inclined uh people we were we were you know artists even back then I was drawing comic books with my with one of my friends and and I used to take two art classes um because I was able to my senior year and I remember that we we were such good art students that the teacher would give us gave us a key to one of the art classrooms and we locked the teacher out and we had a camera and we started doing a a, a kung fu movie with all the art pieces and stuff and like you know fake sword fights and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was the kind of you know that was the kind of kid I guess I was I I had a lot of fun in high school but I don't know that I was the the best student I wish I was I I wish I had a a program like this this would have been pretty cool um and it's really interesting to to see that you guys have this opportunity to like express yourselves in this way but yeah I guess it shaped me in in the sense that I made lifelong friends. I knew that I was an artist during that time. Um, I just was never, um, I never thought that I would be able to foster that. It was never a, uh, a realistic ambition because, you know, I grew up um, as many people who are uh, Latina know that, you know, your parents are always like, you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. And those are your choices, and then everything else is just uh, is a dream, you know. My dad always says, uh, you can't feed babies kisses, um, and love don't pay the bills. So that's like, mm. uh, yeah. those are the sure. things that I kind of like, you know, had in the back of my mind uh, growing up and never thinking that art would actually be something that I could pursue. And, uh, yeah, I'm just grateful and, and lucky to, to be able to do that. So. Of course. So we had done some research so yeah. we found out you were attending law school. No, I was. Oh, you, going you were <laughs> in the making of attending. I was law in school? the making of yeah. I took my LSATs. Okay. Um, I had like a average score, and I was applying to uh, CUNY Law, mm-hmm. and um, that's exactly it was. So I took the LSAT, 
in November. I didn't do well, so I took it again in March, and then I auditioned with my cousin to the actor studio because she was the one that was applying. It's a grad program for acting at Pace, and um, they asked me if I wanted to to be in the school, um, and that's where my life took a turn. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, I was. I was going to... I graduated with my BA in history from the College of Staten Island because that was a skill set that I was going to use for law. And uh, and I ended up being an actor, so go figure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but, um, what about you? How did you get involved in acting? I I <coughs> loved performing since I was a, a kid. I started out as a, as a dancer when I was around five. Um, but again, uh, I didn't... I didn't grow up in an environment that that treated the arts as something that you could pursue as a yeah. as a career. It was yeah. basically, you know, my extracurriculars that you know were going to look good on my college applications and stuff. Um, so I I then went to the University of of Arizona, and I I graduated with a, a degree in communications and uh, legal and medical translation, uh, which I never used. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, after I graduated, I, I saved money, and I, I literally packed a bag and moved to New York with a bag, no job, and no apartment to figure it out, uh, which I don't recommend. It worked out great, but <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, but I guess just the passion for it, you know, once I, I, I realized that people could pursue it as a, as a career was like my aha moment that was like, okay, I can't, I can't do something I don't love. Yeah. I got to go all in or, or, you know, I can always of course. come back. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, I moved to New York. I, I started working a little bit here and there. And then, um, through that experience, I realized that I was going to need a further training if I wanted to, yeah, to pursue, to it, pursue it further. It. And, uh, that's when I went to the actor studio drama school and I got my MFA and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. How would you say your family reacted when you told them you were going into acting? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, some of my aunts were very excited uh, before okay. I moved to New York. <laughs> they were very excited. Uh, they had way more faith in me than, than I thought. Mm. Uh, my mom, however, had her reservations uh of course she she had a a big issue with it until until she saw me working then she started getting excited but before I left she she really pushed for me to to go to therapy because mm. <laughs> she thought that it was not that it there was obviously something wrong with me if I had this great degree and was gonna leave it all behind to just take a suitcase and kind of go figure it out and in New York, so it was definitely a shocker and not very supportive. Yeah. yeah. But now she's my number one fan, so. She's your number one yeah. fan. Yeah. Number one fan. What you need. Yep. My mom was actually super supportive. My dad still to this day asked me when I'm going to go to law school. You're <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> still pushing for it? Yeah, he's like, you know, you can still go. You can still go. There's still time. And I'm like, dude, you you went to a movie theater and saw me. On <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Oop. Leap that out. Leap. <laughs> Sorry, excuse my language. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they. It, it, it is funny um, that he uh, that he still holds on to that. But that's just who he is, right? So. Yeah. Um, who would you say your biggest supporters are? Um, I would say my wife, my your family. Wife? Yeah. Yeah, my friends. Uh, yeah, I have a good. I have a very good um, support uh, system um, of family and friends. Yeah. Great. Likewise, I would say, yeah, my husband and the friends we made through through grad school and now obviously family, but the network of artists that, that we made in, in school is probably the biggest support system and the, the biggest creative outlet. And yeah. it's, you know, their it's your team, your artistic tribe forever. I would say I'm a fan as well. Just uh. putting that out there. Putting <laughs> <laughs> that out there. Um, growing up, who would you say your uh, what would you say your favorite shows were, and were any of them based on Latino characters? Hmm. 
Do you want to go? Listen, I'm a sucker for telenovelas. <laughs> oh, she got me right there. She got me. Sucker for telenovelas. I can't, you can't even have it in the background because immediately I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, so I guess, yeah, that had mostly all Latino casts. Um, but, wow, wow, growing up, what was my favorite show? I'm b- going to probably age myself, but uh, I think it was That So Raven. <laughs> mm. That's so Raven. Yes. Okay. It's a classic. Man, it is a classic. For me, I, wow. I, I mean, I'm old, a lot older than you guys, so TV wasn't as, um, I guess, like it is today with Netflix and everything where there's you know a lot of really great TV, but I loved cartoons i was growing up so like gi joe transformers <laughs> and then as i got a little older i guess um I, oh and movies you know i loved movies when i was a kid i loved my favorite movie was the goonies mm-hmm. um all the indiana jones the fir- well, well the first trilogy of indiana jones and what else and i love the i love aliens this the second uh the, the aliens with an s it, James Cameron movie. And then when I got older, I got into Sopranos, like uh, a lot of people did, which is a fantastic show. And, yeah, I think those were those were my favorites. Yeah. Interesting. That's true. And Rap City on, on Rap BET. Rap City. Yeah, yeah okay. Rap City. Okay. <laughs> um, who would you say inspired you to become an actor? Ooh. There's definitely people I admire, and this is going to sound like such a maybe ego-driven answer, but I think myself. That's a Just good like answer. The, like the the feeling I, I the, the feeling of being in a stage or performing or, or just in general, it, it was a feeling I needed to chase. So that was like that's what inspired me to be an actor. The feeling that performing gave me i mean you, you need to be your number one supporter always of course of course because if you don't believe yeah. in yourself you know what nobody you else doing it for? Yeah. yeah but yeah there was definitely a couple of 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 actors that i that i admired uh growing up um i i loved salma hayek when she did her her crossover into into the states and i i do think for example her work in frida was one of the things that really, really inspired me. And for the first time that I got to see someone that kind of looked like myself in mainstream media. Of course. So that was like, oh, wow. So, oh, I could do that. I can do that. I could totally do that. Like, for sure. So people inspired, there was actors that inspired me to pursue it, but the, the drive to do it was from the feeling that I got from performing. Of course, of course. What about you? Uh, I mean, because I didn't, ever think that I could be an actor and I I mean even just it's the first time I ever even thought about this question um I guess I wasn't I guess inspired it's it's hard to say I guess uh, like she said I was inspired by a feeling that I got when I audition I helped my cousin with her audition and we were in the room and um we did the scene and um the uh the head of the acting department at at, um, at, at the actor studio at the time is the the late great Mrs. Uh, Elizabeth Kemp, mm-hmm. um, world renowned acting teacher, and uh, she took us outside and she dropped us in what we called uh, green lighting, which is basically um, getting your getting your mind and your body into a, a vulnerable state. And then we went back in and we did the scene, and um, it was like this kind of inspirational feeling that was immediately uh, addicting because I didn't think that was I, I was able to do something like that and um, didn't think that that was possible um, and so I guess that's what initially inspired me um, and then moving forward uh, after that I was you know inspired by a lot of like theater artists like uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson um, who else oh god there's, there's just like so many John Ortiz uh, Labyrinth Theater Company, and yeah, it was just. I would say that even like now in later the later part of our career, or just more recently, I think I have more uh, 
role models now than I did growing up, for sure. Uh, For sure. There's definitely more people to look up to now that that kind of keep that hope alive it's a whole new world out there now oh yeah 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 for sure and it's beautiful it's i still i'm i'm in my late 30s and i cannot explain to you how many times i've cried with (laughs) just trailers or the releases of new shows because like only now i'm seeing of course people that look like me or the stories that i like grew up with like being told and i'm like oh my god i knew that that's when i was a kid (laughs) so yeah. All right. I gotcha. Well, thank you for asking. I mean, answering like my few questions. But we're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be diving deeper into Bobby and Zarina's experiences in the film industry. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So welcome back to Social with a Side of Justice. Again, we're here today with famous actor Bobby Daniel Rodriguez. And Serena Mada. Hello. So, before I get into uh, my questions, how did you deal with the rejections with act your acting roles? Um. Well, that's uh, that's definitely something that that's that comes um, that you have to, to to learn, and and it it took it took a little while to. Um, understand that um my job isn't when i'm when i get the job or when i'm on set or acting my job is the audition yeah and that is that is my opportunity to um express myself and do what you know we call create make a fan so like when you have casting directors and you audition for a role um you know nine times out of ten or maybe nine and a half or nine point eight times out of 10, you're not going to get the job. And that's a variety of reasons. And it's not just, it's not because of you or your work. Cause if you're, if you're putting the time and effort and you're, and you're dedicated to your craft, um, it's not, it's not really about what you did or didn't do, or it's about what you did, but it's not about what you didn't do. Um, it's about making fans. And eventually those casting directors, once they see what you can do, they'll start, They'll be a fan, and they'll start looking for a place for you to, to fit you in. So. Yeah. All right. And what about you? Uh, oof. Me, it's, you know, it takes a it takes a while to, to not take it personal and to not have it um, maybe affect your your um, confidence or your belief in yourself for sure. But once you understand that uh, it isn't that, it's a little easier to to settle with it. Because like Bob said, you know, you're not going to book nine out of ten things. The job itself is preparing for for your audition and making a fan. And once you make a fan, you know, the job will will eventually come. But um, once you realize that it's that's the nature of the beast of this industry, that you are going to get more no's than yeses then it kind of, you're able to kind of like settle because it's not so much a rejection, it's a numbers game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it takes a while to to have that sink in because obviously we're, we're artists, so we're bo- vulnerable people and we're really putting ourselves out there. So there's there's always going to be that that second guessing or that like, oh, yeah. what could I have done? Or like, am I not good enough? Um, but once you understand it is it is a numbers game and that, you know, what, whatever interpretation you're doing is still beautiful because it is an expression of art and it is a, 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 it's storytelling, which is, you know, what's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Then you kind of just cruise and, 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 and stuff just starts kind of falling way. into place. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Thank you so much. And um, so we're going to dive right into the questions. So... Do you believe that there is enough representation of Latino actors such as your yourselves? No. No? <laughs> no <I don't> <laughs> um, I think I it's a crazy number. I, I forgot what the, because I, I, I looked at some report that came out, and I think there's only like. I'm pulling it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it up, but it's, it's not high at all. And yeah. uh, for the, for, you know, for the. 
for how big our demographic is in this country, it's it's a little frustrating um, not to see, not to feel uh, represented, um, and then also being um, typecast. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone out for auditions for a drug dealer, a cartel uh, member, uh, a killer, or a thug, and and that gets um, uh, it's frustrating. You know, yeah. you you're grateful for the opportunity, and you want and, and you and you want to you know find your way in to make to make those characters um, you know complex and dynamic. But at, at the same time, it's like, am I am I contributing to a uh, a stereotype um, by by giving into that um, and and just saying yes, I'll do I'll do that job, you know. Um, but it is what it is right now. But lately, it's been I've been I've been lucky enough to to have an opportunity to um, try to play different types of characters like doctors and lawyers yeah. and, and 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 stuff like that. Um. I pulled it up. Okay. So UCLA does an entertainment and media research initiative uh, every year, and they, you know, they basically share the their findings. And this year, again, uh, we're obviously not being very represented. Yeah. So out of all leads by race and ethnicity in broadcast scripted shows within the the last season, was only eleven point three percent. Um, and the numbers just go, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not even Latinos. 5.7%. Wow. Which is lower. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah. Latines. Latinos, Latines, Latines. Um, but it's, it's an issue, you know, because we're also, it's also been proved or shown and, and seen through the numbers and the research that Latino, Latine, the Latina community is also the people that fill up the the, yeah. the theaters, and yeah, yeah. we do have the most viewership when it comes to TV. Yeah. So the fact that we're not represented represented and we're the biggest viewership is a bit insulting. Yeah, you know it I mean? is, and and it has to change. There's it's little by little. There's stuff changing. I I can say that it's way, way better than when I was a kid, and I'm assuming it's even way better than when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. But um, but there's still a lot of yeah of work to be done. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I can feel Always you on that one. Always room for improvement. Always room for improvement. But but there is there is a, a big a big amount of, of Latine creators out there making beautiful stories. And you know, hopefully they don't keep getting canceled because we do keep getting opportunities and then you know uh, it happens one day at a time one day at a time uh the gordita chronicles Mm -hmm. hentified only got two seasons and and it was it was great you know we can't just on my block is great and that went on for a while but like we can't we can't depend on one really cool coming of age yeah story you know multiple yeah. Need to expand. Need yeah, to expand. of course. All right. So you kind of like already answered my my second question of like getting typecasted, but how has that made you feel in like a sort of way? Um, well, angry sometimes, um, frustrated and disappointed. Um, especially where the you know, you, you do an audition and then they'll be like, Can you do it? And they they'll, they'll like word it differently, but basically they'll they'll ask me to do it with an accent. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you know, just because people speak Spanish doesn't mean that they speak Spanish with an accent. I mean, um, Sarina, my wife, is is a perfect example. She grew up in Mexico, and she's she her she could speak um, in both languages neutral, you know, like zero accent. So. Um, it's not necessarily, and that that's like uh, actually, it's a big kind of like part of your community that you guys take pride in. That correct me if I'm wrong. We do uh, on the board, like you know, border town people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. To to answer your question, it's it is a little insulting. Yeah, we have accents, and and we should celebrate that, right? Because um, 
everyone has an accent. There's no, you of can't, course. you can't, you can't hide from that. Yeah. Your accent is who is your accent. And unless you're from, uh, you know, the UK, then you're speaking with an, with an accent when you speak English because it's not a native language to this country, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's Spanish and English are the most, uh, spoken languages in this country. So Speaking with ac- accents, whether English is your first or your second language, it should never be uh, representative of, of of a character, and um, and also being portrayed also as an criminals, idea, right? Yeah, and and being portrayed, yeah, it's because we're you know a lot of times we're written comes. as like you know the other, we're the the cleaning people, the gardeners, the cooks, yeah. the the. Yeah. Um, you know, and those and those are very honorable jobs, and it's no pro. There's no problem with with yeah. that. But those are usually just ancillary characters, or secondary, or third characters. They're not really, you know, um, main characters except for the cleaning lady, which you know, shout out to that show, which is great. Yeah, um, yeah. which is uh, you well, know. that's the thing, and she becomes a protect. Like those are honorable jobs. Like yeah. Yeah. yes, there is there. Obviously, there's gardeners. There's there's cleaning crew. All of it, and those are obviously honorable jobs. There's nothing right wrong with those jobs, but they become like the secondary or like the supporting care. Like, all right, yeah, I'll play cleaning yeah. crew. I'll play a gardener, but I want to hear the story of. I, I want it to be the story of the gardener right. of yeah. the of the cleaning crew. It's you know, family, like, like you know, how do they? How did they get? How did you get to to here? And you know, hard workers. We all have like great great stories. I mean, I'm sure all of you, your parents, and have really amazing uh, stories of, you know, how they got here and how hard they work, no matter where you're from, you know. know, um, We're all more than just our jobs, you know. Um, But even getting back to the accent thing, there's nothing wrong with with having an accent, and and a lot of people have accents, and a lot of people don't. But what's insulting of it is the assumption that just because you are Latine, somehow you have, like... That you can't think outside that they yeah. that they can't think yeah. outside the box of the big spectrum of of different Latinidad that there is, yeah, you yeah. know. And some of it is accented, some of it is not. Some of it is like fully fluent in English. Some of it doesn't even speak Spanish. And there's n- like they're missing all of that because they're so uneducated yeah. of the culture and just go one way, but. We, I think we sidetracked from your question. How does it make us feel? Yeah. Yes, angry, but also motivated to change it, you know? Of Not course. just wait around to, to get a job that isn't a stereotype, but starting to create our own work and writing our own stuff and collaborating with a, with a diverse community of artists and putting our stories out there that break that mold or that idea of the stereotypes and really give a voice to our communities from the perspective of our communities. Yeah. I feel you on that one because me as a Latino as well, I'm Salvadorian and American. I've gotten that so many times. Like I walk into a building and they're like, oh, you must be like a gardener, right? You work with your dad as a gardener. But no, I do more than that. Like I have a vision that I really want to get somewhere and I'm going to make it come true. Yeah. So, yeah. So moving on. How do you as actors help in breaking stereotypes about Latinos? How do we, what was the question? How do you as actors help in breaking stereotypes about Latinos? Well, um, as as actors, we we have to um, create our own work and start writing and producing stories that that help um, tell the bigger story about, um, you know, the American experience. through through our lens, um, and so that's that's how you that's how you break the stereotype. Um, uh, if you're not in control of the storytelling, then it's hard to it's hard to do anything but your job and play the character that they wrote for you. Um, you could always add your layers, but people are going to want what they want uh, at the end of the day. So it's really just up to to everyone across um, you know the spectrum. You know whether you're you're black, white, Latina, Latina, Asian, um, to to try to create stories that are representative uh, of what of, of what this country is in that lens, which is it's it's a melting pot, you know. Of course. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. That should be that's something that should be celebrated. Um, we, we 
because I, I I think it's it, it's it's awesome and and you know more flavors to the stew right like why <laughs> yeah just one flavor um, but yeah and also speaking up to be honest I, too, I yeah. think they're they're we're past that point where I think a lot of us for a while when as we were trying to break into the industry you kind of play that submissive role where it's like you're just gonna take whatever you get because you want to work so bad yeah um but luckily all that's changing and and if we hold our ground and and you know i'm not gonna play that role i i'm not sorry i'm not gonna do it is gonna help and and also speaking up there's a a huge you know movement going on within the the established uh Latina community in Hollywood, and they're constantly speaking up. John Leguizamo just wrote a beautiful mm-hmm. letter yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if the people that are already on top can keep doing stuff like that, it, it kind of supports the us that are kind of just right behind, you know, and, and, and then we pay it forward. We do the same thing, and then it becomes a chain effect, you know, we we put our foot down and yeah. and that's how you fight it, you know, create your own work and, and fight against whatever's being thrown at you because we do have a choice. Yeah. Right. All right. So moving on at any point in your guys' career, did you ever think about quitting? If so, why? <laughs> uh, all the time, oh. but not really. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's tough, you know, when you love something so much and it, it goes through, through ups and downs and ebbs and flows, you're all, there's always going to be, like I mentioned earlier, there's going to be that moment of, of doubt. Yeah. And, you know, you can either let your doubt take the reins or you could take the reins. So I, I personally, honestly, I, I do struggle with that so there will be moments where i'm like do i want like do i really want to keep putting myself through this and then i remember how much i love it and that i really wouldn't want to do anything else and i come right back of course um but ultimately it's not just the love of of acting it's the love of storytelling so if i can dabble in any shape or form that tells a story the right way that makes people feel something I will be happy. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. I'm yeah. I'm an eternal optimist. Yes, I'm a Sagittarius, so I have so, uh, so I have that. Uh, I've no, I never, I never even. I anytime that a a, a a seed of doubt would enter my mind, I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, like, what do I have to lose by doing this? Nothing. I, I have everything to gain. So, um, and then there was this this. Um, this uh, this video on YouTube that I saw of uh, Edward James Olmos, he's a Mexican American actor. If you guys don't know, look him up. He's amazing. And um, he was talking to students, and they asked him a similar question. And he said, "Everybody that I know that didn't quit acting made it." And he says, "I want you to think about that." And he looked at everybody in the room. He's like, "Everybody that didn't quit." made it and he said it took me it took me 20 something some odd years and I'm like oh my god 20 some odd years just to to get his first job and I and you know he was it was a different time you know he was coming up in like the 70s and then and then the 80s yeah. so you got to imagine in the 60s too so you got to imagine you know there wasn't a lot of roles for for um you know yeah Mexican Americans or Latinas as you know to begin with and so the fact that he he kept at it is is really courageous, and that always stuck with me. And I always say that to everybody. I always say like, I mean, anything you do, it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as you have passion for it, right? The minute that you don't, the, the minute that the passion leaves, then maybe it's time to consider like, all right, I'm not really, this isn't fulfilling me, and maybe I gotta look into doing something else. But if the passion is there, I say go for it and don't don't stop. Um, but yeah, I, I think anything that you, that you do in life, whether it's, it's cooking, like, you know, whether it, whether it's uh, gardening, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're passionate about it, then it's going to be fulfilling and it's going to be beautiful and your life is going to have that, 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 that purpose. So, um, quitting, 
No, I never, I never had that. Um, I never had that feeling. I had little seeds of doubt, like you know, after after graduating, because I had I had um, created like you know a one year, two year, three year, five year plans and ten year plans, which I recommend mm-hmm. always, um, of where I imagine where I would be within that within those times, and um, and luckily enough that you know I've been hitting my my goals steadily um, during w- with my plan, so. Um, I'm not just, I'm not just like out there and just waiting and, and hoping for, for opportunities to come there. Yeah. There's, there's also like a lot of grind that comes in with it. A lot of like meeting people, a lot of volunteering, um, and, and just, and taking in a lot of art. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you gotta do, you know? Yeah. I guess I could rephrase that. I don't think about <laughs> quitting. I do constantly have moments of. Of doubt, yeah. of doubt, yeah. but it never manifests itself into full on like I'm gonna quit. So yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, sometimes I've had some thoughts about that too. Like you get yourself doubt, and then yeah, like you mess up on it's one normal. thing. Yeah, yeah it's of course. All right, so moving on. So, what was your guys? What do you guys consider to be your like breakout role? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> so which was more interesting? I'm being chivalrous. Chivalrous. Oh. oh. I'm using big words today. Oh, look at you. <laughs> uh, I would I I don't know if I've had a a role that I that I would say like this is my 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 big breakout role. But I do I do have a a role that I, I feel really changed everything and, and made me see everything completely different. And um it's actually not a TV role. It would uh it would be the last play I did, uh, which went up at the actor's studio. It's called My Brother's Keeper and it was written by two other colleagues, uh Javi and Gabe, and directed by uh Bobby Moresco, who's also a studio member. And just to work in such a collaborative environment by people who have been in the industry for years and like being under the guidance of some of such a like heavy hitter, I guess, um, really made everything feel a lot more real. And like the future seemed way more clear. If that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand what you're trying like to say. It, it, it all started feeling real that moment. Like, okay, this is the that starting the point. Moment. We're going to grow from here. Yeah, yeah. That was the moment. This I'll is say. the snowball. And, and you know, as an artist and professionally, it was just, like, life-changing for sure. She didn't mention that Bobby Moresco is an Oscar-winning writer and director. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I guess for me, my, my, my first speaking job, my first job that I had lines um, it was called, it's a movie called, uh, Bel Canto, and I got to work with Julianne Moore and Ken Watanabe. Also, I got to work with Tenocha Huerta, who's, um, in the new Black Panther, mm-hmm. plays Na- uh, Namor. Um. Thank you, the crime. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, who else is in that movie? Mercedes is in it, right? Maria Mercedes. Maria Mercedes, um. It was also phenomenal. Yeah. If you haven't, wow. if you haven't, so that was my seen her first film. My, is oh, oh my god, that was uh, my first. That was my first <laughs> big break. Okay, and it was also my um, yeah, it was my first big break and my first speaking line. So um, that experience was super cool, but it was also a spoiling experience because uh, I got to work with like world class actors, like the best. And there was so much care between all of them, and 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 um, and a love for for telling the story and doing it correctly. Um, that it's it hasn't been it, it was matched only in, a, in maybe a couple other jobs. Um, when they see us, um, that I that I was I was lucky enough to be part of, which was an also um, a life changing job for me. Um, those 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 kind of two, I, I think. Um, were the were the big ones just 
being around people who were, um, you know, award winners. Yeah, yeah. Um, award winning. You know, at the time, the uh, notch, and oh, and Noé, Noé uh, Hernandez. He's also the the two of them were uh, already uh, Ariel winners in, in in Mexico, which is like the the Mexican Oscar. Uh, Oscar. So these are it's, they're it, brilliant. If you want to yeah. check out any of their work, they're both yeah. just like. Uh, Noé Hernandez, <laughs> and obviously you guys are all gonna get to know Tenoch because he's, uh, he's he's brilliant. And so, getting to be around those that type of uh, caliber of actor in my first speaking role and see their approach, um, the, the the care, and not just not just between them, but everyone like even the the gaffers the do the guys that do the lights the sound like the director like everybody from the top down was just like really really loved their job and and, and cared about telling um that story so that was for me my break my breakout yeah that's nice so i just want to like clarify you have a role in black panther no 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 no, no, no. Oh, no. oh i was about to no, say no 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 the no the no my first, when you were asking about my yeah. breakout role, yeah. I got to work with, with in my first oh, breakout okay, role. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. I got. I, I didn't hear it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Noche Huerta, Julianne Moore, Ken Watanabe, gotcha, and gotcha. Noe Hernandez. Yeah. Okay. That's going to yeah. be a great movie, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I cry every time I see every the trailer. Time? Every single time. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, my what? God. You uh, haven't seen the trailer? No, I haven't Get seen the trailer. Get your tissues and, and, and watch I'm it. I'm a cry? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm a crier. <laughs> Christian's a crier, too. Um, <laughs> come on. There's no, nothing man. wrong with crying. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with crying. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. What was your guys' uh, favorite role that you've played so far? And, like, why has this been the, your favorite? Also, I mean, okay, so, yeah, I guess my favorite character was playing Father, uh, Father Arguedas in uh, Belcanto. Because he was, uh, he was just such a, a joy to, um, to create and 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 go into his skin. Um, I would say that that was my favorite. Um, as far as challenges, then I would say um, playing uh, the detective in um, one of the detectives in When They See Us was an extreme challenge for me, and then. I really, I also really love playing um, Lieutenant Lopez and SEAL Team, which was, which was yeah. really, which was, which was fun to do. Um, I got to meet some really cool people and work with one of my idols, uh, uh, Felix, Felix, Felix Solis. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. I think my favorite role was definitely Rosie and Brothers Keeper, the play that I, I just told you guys about. Um, but my favorite working experience was in, in Orange is the New Black, um, specifically because of the director who was actually the Nick Sando who played Caputo in the, in the show. And I was very nervous cause it was like my favorite show. I had, yeah. been, I, you know, every season came out and I was like, I gotta get on this show. I gotta get on this show. And then finally I, I got my chance and I was so nervous and I forgot, like I spaced on my line on my first take and I thought I ruined everything, yeah. obviously, da, 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 da. And then, uh, and he approached me and he's, you know, giving me a few, a few notes and I was like, I'm so sorry about that. And he's like, about what? <laughs> and I was like, I forgot my line. And he's like, this isn't theater. You, we can do this as many times yeah. as, as you want. We're going to work it through. And then I was like, <gasps> Oh my God, he's so great! Like, yeah. <laughs> and and then the whole crew, everyone from like the makeup department to you know the PA, everybody on that set, you could tell was happy to be there. So it was just like a beautiful experience, like beautiful. That's nice. Sounds like very beautiful stories. So um, we'll be right back. So we're just gonna take a little break. And thank you. So this question is for Bobby. Okay. Did you know about the Central Park Five before taking the role in When They See Us? Um, I did. I was I was really really young um, when 
um, that case made the news. I was, you know, not I was too young to really understand the, the scope of what was happening, but um, I do remember. And then when I um, when I auditioned, I actually auditioned for like a very very small part. Like it was like one line. I think it was mm-hmm. like one of the cops that's in the precinct when they first walk yeah. in, and um, and I guess I did a really good job that. Um, Ava DuVernay wanted me to read for the the character that I ended up playing. Yeah. Um, so I did do a lot of a lot of research on them, and uh, you know, I it was uh, it was it was a def- it was definitely a cha- a challenge for me because um, I had experienced a lot of uh, racial profiling by police growing up. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of a lot of uh, trauma associated with that. So it was definitely um, an interesting th- thing to do to try to be on the other side and, and, and not be judgmental and try to create a, um, a character that um, that was, that didn't, that, that, I, that wasn't Bobby. Yeah. Um, it was, a com- you know, com- completely removed from who I am because it, cause it really was. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. It did, it did. It it was a lot of, you know, it it was a deep show. So I kind of, like, admire that show because it did bring a lot of awareness to a lot of situations. And it it actually created change, which is, is, I think, the best kind of art, is uh, um, art art that can, um, that, that, you know, can, can, yeah, can create justice, can move people. I mean, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, move people and inspire w- whatever it is, you know, you know, comedians make people laugh. Of course. Um, that's their art, you know, anything that changes somebody's um, day or perspective is exceptionally beautiful. So I, I also love theater because usually theater is always has some sort of, um, you know, human lesson mm-hmm. in it that, that's, that's always powerful. And that when they see us definitely, definitely had that. So. Um, how did being a part of when they see us impact you? Um, professionally or just personally? Any way you want to take the question? Um, <laughs> professionally helped my career a lot um, because it was a hit show and I was working with Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Um, but um, also just artistically, it was super fulfilling. Um, Ava was, I, I guess, uh, you know, She's a great director. There's just no other way to put it. I don't want to put any other the directors that I work with like down because I've worked with all, all my other directors I work with were great, but you know she's just um, she she is very uh, in tune with her own instrument as an artist and knows how to get everything that she um, needs out of you and and makes you feel important and makes you feel um, uh, safe. Um, and it was, it was a type of, uh, a, a job that was unique because it had one of those big budgets mm-hmm. and, um, she did something that I had an experience, which was we would show up on set and she would tell the entire crew to leave and it would just be me, the other actors and her. And we would just go through the scene for like four hours. Wow which is unheard of because time is money in, in, in television. You're on a budget. Deadline, deadline. But for her, money did, wasn't the important thing. What was important was telling this story. So we would just rehearse, rehearse, and her. And when she felt it was right and she got us into the right place, then she would call the entire crew. And we're talking about like, you know, 60 to 100 people, right? And mm-hmm. they're just cramming in there and they're, 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 and then she was like, all right, do the scene. And we would do the scene, and then they mark it, and then set the lighting, and then we would leave, and then they come and get us, and then we, we would do it. So you know, like doing, doing some of these scenes, take two days, two three days sometimes. I don't know. It was it was, it was definitely like, a lot more a lot more fulfilling than I had expected it, and uh, and I'm grateful for it. So yeah, both professionally, artistically, that was, that's definitely up there. It's a big big gem. Yeah. yeah. 
it's important that you know you take the time with these kinds of shows, movies, because mm-hmm. you know this could change somebody's life, and it has. And it did, yeah, and it did. It was important. Yeah. Um, in addition to in addition to acting, you both funded your own. You both founded your own production company. What made you want to <coughs> step off stage and get behind the camera? Um. Well, so when. Zadi and I started, so we met in grad school at the Active Studios, so when we first started dating, um, I had, like, produced, like, a little short film with friends, and she really liked it, and she was like, I want to do something like that, but I want to do it with this play called uh, Dolores, which was uh, a play written by um, a very, very close friend of mine, and he was a professor at the School of Playwriting, uh, Edward Allen Baker, and it's one of his famous plays it's about two sisters, and it deals with uh, generational uh, domestic abuse, um, child abuse, uh, domestic violence, and um, and how that how that uh, carries on and it gets passed down through generations that 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 trauma. And Zadi wanted to do uh, so she wanted to adapt it into Spanish and specifically uh, into a dialect that's from her region. And there was another friend of ours who's also in a school who's from Sinaloa and Sadi's from Sonora. So they they were like, we want, we have this idea. We want to do this. And do you think Ed would be cool with this? Do you think he would, like, say yes to this? And, and, and or th- I think it was, like, it was, like, a smaller, like, you wanted, like I bothered smaller- Ed every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. Um, I fell in love with the story, um, because I felt like it was important. Uh, so really, to answer the question, what made us want to do the production company, on my end, and then I, I pitched it to him, was I, I, I wanted to tell stories that mattered. And I wanted to, to, to give a voice to, to the voiceless, essentially, mm-hmm. which ended up being the mission statement for, for our production company which is called Vos, and it comes, Vos, which means mm-hmm. voice, voice, and, and yeah. you know, the mission is to give a voice to, to the voiceless, um, you know, to tell those stories that don't necessarily get told, to, to you know, represent the, the ignored heroes of, of everyday yeah. life. So we wanted to start with, with Dolores. Um, and, and then it all kind of stemmed from, from there, and everything <coughs> that we that we have done and, and will do with this production company is with that purpose. Yeah. Um, so we did, we did. And, and keep in mind, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no <laughs> zero, idea. Zero, zero, we <laughs> learned, we learned along the way. Trial by fire. Yeah. Cause it was a passion project, obviously. Um, but yeah, we started with Dolores, which um, like Bob said, um, is about two sisters who deal with generational uh, domestic violence, trauma and how, when that get, when that gets normalized, it just keeps on, you know, going generation to generation. Yeah. And then we worked with a with another colleague of ours who who's a great great artist. Uh, she's a singer songwriter. Her name's Renee Ghost. Um, and we produced a couple of uh, her music videos, um, which also she's a singer songwriter. But uh, most of her lyrics and most of her music is uh, has like a a political statement or a, mm. a statement of yeah, sorts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so we produced the video for her song Feminazi, um, which is which was beautiful. It was a great, great experience. Um, and then what else did we did we keep producing after that? We did uh, Coming Home during the pandemic, which was uh, yeah. it was like a really um, two minute short that just showed a nurse was taking care of her elderly mother and mm. having to uh, all the precautions she would have to take coming home from work and staying separated so that she doesn't get her sick. Um, we, that was another one. That, and that static. Uh, static. Static was which is something that we, were, that we haven't finished, but uh, is based uh, on some poetry that a friend of mine wrote uh, who's also an actor. He served in the Battle of Fallujah. He's a Marine. And he came home um, 
with a with a lot of uh, mental problems and no one to talk to and was really angry at the world. And then he discovered acting. He met like a, a like a Vietnam veteran who introduced him to Shakespeare and and it changed his life. And um, we became friends and he shared his his poetry with me and I was like, you got to make this into a yes. short film um, or like a one man show. So he's he's doing both right now. So yeah, that's something that that we have which, you know, if it does go on stage, it's something that we're going to produce as well. Um, but yeah, to circle back and answer the question, what inspired us to then, you know, jump behind the camera and, you know, a little selfishly in front of the camera too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking that opportunity, obviously. Um, but to answer that, it was, what inspired, is, inspired it was to give a, a voice to, to the voiceless and to to tell our stories from from our perspective yeah. which then goes back to what we talked about earlier how do you fight the stereotypes how do you by That's creating you, you by creating your own work and and you start small right but little by little we'll we'll build momentum and as long as we're we're telling those stories and somebody feels seen or is seen by someone that maybe hasn't experienced that but but then inspires that um that empathy in someone else then we've done our job yeah. yeah um which piece of work are you most proud of and why dolores 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 for sure um just from start to finish um because it is it was our baby yeah within the the production company it was our first uh project to it's um it's a uh, a subject, you know, close to the heart, and um, also Ed just he wrote just these beautiful women characters yeah. that that female characters that uh, that are just so ah I'm at a loss for words uh, just so uh, da, 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 da. what's the word. Complex. Thank you. I had too much coffee. <laughs> Such complex female characters that uh, that you don't usually see. You know, you always see the damsel in distress or or this or that. And and he wrote women so well, and we were able to give them a voice. A voice. And uh, you know, it was beautiful, and I'm still very proud of it. All right. Bobby and Serena, we just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come here and talk to us. As we begin to wrap up our interview, we just want to ask you two more questions. So, what impact do you feel you have made in the Latino community, or what do you hope will be the impact you guys make? Well, um, what I hope is that I can inspire people on, on this level. Like, I hope you all walk away and, and feel a little inspired and a little bit more passionate about the way you go about your day and the things that you care about. Um, to me, that's, if I could just inspire someone to, to do better or to, or to, or to pursue things that they're passionate about, I think that's awesome. And yeah. I, I want to give through my storytelling, I want to give the gift of, feeling seen or being seen. Yeah. Um, and I hope that I'm doing that along the way. But I, I love the goal is to do it on a on a grand scale. Of course. Yep. Yeah, of course. So both of you guys can answer this really. What's the biggest piece of advice that you guys could give us as high schoolers about it enter the real world? Um it's okay to evolve and change as you grow. You don't have to, like, commit to anything right now, but explore everything, right? Um, sometimes it takes some, – some, some people are, are, are very gifted in finding out what they want to do, and they're good at it, and they find that out at a very young age, and that's what they do, and they go hard at it. Some people take a little longer and, and get discouraged because the thing that they initially – chose to be passionate about didn't that doesn't feel good to them anymore so 
I would say that when you when you guys move forward, um, you don't have to just be one thing. You could be you could be it all, or you could just be one thing. You know, it, it's up to you. And don't ever be afraid to evolve because that's that's a really cool thing is to is to learn and grow and and become different people as as you move out into this world and 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 have different experiences. So I would posit that to you guys. I would say that oof, get excited about making mistakes mm. because you're always going to learn way more from your mistakes than from the times you get it right the first time. Enjoy and, and, and you know, marinate in those mistakes because from that is, is where all the gold comes from. Mm-hmm. All the growth comes from your comes from your, your your mistakes. So don't put yourself down when you make one and, and embrace them. And never dim your light for someone else. Yeah. Never make yourself smaller for to someone make other else. people comfortable. Exactly. That's the biggest one, I think. Never dim yourself to make someone else brighter or to make someone else feel comfortable. And do what you love. Do what you love. Don't Choose to do something to make someone else happy. Do what makes you happy. All right. Thank you so much. Well, you heard it here, folks. You heard it from two very talented people today. And we just want to thank you again for coming out. And we love everything you guys do. And moving forward, everything's going to go good. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you, guys.